it's been an honor for us over the, the last couple of years to partner with Kingdom Builders, um, both locally and globally. And today we get to hear from three great organizations. And so what I wanted to do, if you don't know who they are, they're just gonna, we're going to start here with Andy and move to Pastor Craig and then John. And they're going to introduce yourselves, just tell them what organization they're with, and then we'll ask them a few questions and go from there. So go ahead, Andy, start, get started. Yeah, my name's Andy King. I'm the executive director at Dream Center Peoria. Craig Williams, uh, the executive director, Southside Mission. And John Rookie, the executive director of Peoria Rescue Ministries. <laughs> All right. So uh, is that one on, John? Or just a little switch there. There you go. Say that again, just in case. So I'm John Rokey with Peoria Rescue Ministries. All right, there you go. All right, so we got three um, awesome organizations that are down the heart of Peoria. Um, and just great. Great to have you guys here. Thank you for being here, being Thank a part you. of this. And so it's a little different format for us, you know, doing the panel. We said we wouldn't get in any political discussions or arguments this morning. Uh, we won't do that. Uh, there's enough of that on TV. If you want to watch it, you can watch it. So, uh, but, but we really just want to hear their hearts and what God is doing in their organizations. Um, it's been a tough year for all of us. And so how, seeing how maybe the need has increased as well, but also um, how God's been just shining through that. So... Andy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about the Dream Center. Yeah, so our main focus is to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. And uh, we unpack that in, in many ways. Uh, we have three divisions. Uh, if you come on Tuesday night, you will hear of the fourth division we're actually adding this week, but I can't let the secret out of the bag too quick. But, um, but the three areas are DCP students, uh, we have after school programming, uh, as well as a trade school teaching kids carpentry, motor mechanics. Uh, I mean, you name it, we do it. T-shirt printing, we're starting a coffee business, teaching kids a way out of poverty through business and using their hands. And so uh, that's one division. Second division is DCP housing where we have a homeless shelter for women and children. Each night we have anywhere between 60 to 100 people come to the Dream Center. The average age is nine years of age. So uh, that's a critical component to introducing them into the village, which is a uh, two-year program where we have apartments where families can actually transition out of homelessness. Then our third division is DCP Cares, which is really our outreach community-based uh, uh, events that we do like Backpack Peoria and other things like that. So, Pastor Craig, you over there at Southside. Yep. Southside Mission, uh, we've been there for 95 years and we have a women's uh, shelter that uh, for women and children uh, that we house our women and children there. It's kind of a four-phase uh, ministry there. They come in and, and they have the opportunity to go through the three phases. Uh, Part of the second phase, kind of first phase is orientation, second phase is getting uh, prepared to become uh, job ready again. We partner with Jobs Partnership uh, on that, and then the fourth phase, we have two properties that we uh, will allow them to uh, transition out into for a year, and then we have, of course, our youth uh, and children. That is a, a key ministry for us right now. We're kind of doing the virtual thing, but. We have after-school tutoring, we have uh, camps, and also ministries uh, that will help them to, uh, especially in the summer, just to stay connected and not get lost in the streets. Uh, we have an 
inside of that children's ministry there, we also have the clubs, we have the praise dancers, we have uh, the boys mentor program, and um, we also have our culinary school. Our culinary school is um, helping young ladies and men to become job ready. We partner with Jobs Partnership to have them uh, to uh, basically do resumes, teaching them how to really uh, be prepared to uh, work in the community. And then the other uh, part of the ministry is our Benevolent Center, uh, as well as our soup kitchen. Benevolent Center is where they come and are able to receive free uh, clothing and uh, items uh, and food. Um, but that is transitioning, and we'll talk a little bit about that, um, how that ministry is growing and growing into more of an opportunity to uh, be, become a referral system to, uh, we like to say, not a hand up, uh, hand out, but a hand up. So that's just in short. That's great. Uh, at Peoria Rescue Ministries, our mission really is to create pathways out of poverty through Jesus with our neighbors in need. And we do that in a couple big bucket ways, I call it. We have our residential aspect, residential ministries, and where we have our compassionate crisis care through emergency shelters for both men and women. And we also have our, uh, what we talk about is developmental transformation. How do we help folks um, transform their lives and move from brokenness to flourishing? And that happens uh, through lots of different programming, educational, uh, but mostly relational. It's about relationships um, in that aspect. And then we have a transition aspect of that that we are hoping to launch in 2021 with our 1212 Community House. You may have heard some things about that, and we'll, she can share more about that as well. And then our other aspect is our community ministry. So uh, we have Empower Life Center where we come around uh, men and women facing uh, the crisis of uh, pregnancy and parenting. Um, and those, those can be crisis for in a lot of different ways. And so we get to step in and be a part of that, um, that journey and those decisions and try to empower them uh, to see that through the lens of Jesus. And then we also have our Barnabas Counseling Center, which is open to the community. There's no charge. Um, we, we really want to, again, come around, come around folks and help them move from poverty to flourishing. And the big thing that we've been learning in our ministry is, is just this aspect of understanding that we're all poor, <laughs> that we are all broken, that we all have the need for Jesus to flourish. Um, he has designed us uh, all the way back to creation, right, with the four fundamental relationships of our relationship with God, our relationship with self, our relationship with others, and our relationship with creation. And only through him can we really flourish. And so we don't, we say this, and these guys, we share this together. We don't do anything to anyone. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Right. Um, we just come alongside as neighbors, and we share how we've been broken and how the story of God has changed us, and that's what changes anyone. So, Amen. So one question just coming out of that. So three different organizations, you guys have similar things. Um, that you do, which is which is awesome, but that to me that speaks of the need. I mean, three organizations, big organizations that are making an impact hugely, but how how big would you say that need is that we don't see often? You know, living out in in the suburbs of the city, uh, we hear about it, we see it on TV, but if we've never been a part of the ministries, 
maybe Andy start and kind of go down and maybe you guys can add to that. What, what don't we see? Well, I think for us, we've always said that if we see a need, you know, we say find a need and fill it. And so for us, we've really just been able to see need in a different way. Um, for instance, you may have heard that um, all three of us have homeless shelters, mm -hmm. okay? All three of us um, reach some of the same demographic. The reality is in Peoria, the biggest portion of homelessness is families and single parent moms and kids. Mm -hmm. And so for the Dream Center and especially for Southside, that is a massive need that you don't really see a lot. You don't, you, you'll see the guys on the corners uh, asking for money and things like that. But when it comes to families, single parent moms with kids, they're normally bouncing from couch to couch, from family member to family member. But what you find is for us, and I'm sure it's the same with, with Craig, some of these single parent moms or single ladies move to town for two things, either a relationship or a job. One of those two things or both go south. But because they've moved to Peoria, their network that they did have from where they came from is not there. So in essence, we all three become the network, the family, uh, the community around those individuals and families to be able to put them back on track, so to speak, to be able to go in back into society. And that isn't just housing. That's, that's why we focus on after-school programming and things like that, Southside and us. We're obviously different demographics of the city, so a lot of the people we work with, they don't have cars. And so taking three or four buses to get to a Dream Center or get to a Southside is very hard. And so that's why the location of where we all three are at is crucial to being able to minister to especially the homeless. So. Yeah, and I think it goes back to, to uh, relationships, as, as Pastor uh, Roki said. It, it, it really, you see poverty through the relationships that you build with these individuals that walk in your doors. And that is so important. That is, you see it in so many different ways because it impacts families so differently that you'll have somebody that come in that the reality of it is their poverty is not poverty to them. It is normalcy. It is something that they're used to living in. And then you, you share the message of Christ through hope, through the social aspect of Jesus and sometimes they, they're struggling with that. And that, that's a big need because you can't see it. You don't, you don't get to see that in a person just walking in your doors. It, it comes through the relationships and understanding. And, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I've been through all aspects of poverty. I've lived it. I've been homeless. I've lived in uh, cars and, and on the streets. And I understand it so when... Uh, they're coming into our doors. We're looking at all of the areas how we can minister to them. And I think the other important part you don't see as a need is what the community is doing, what the churches are doing to either help to alleviate that or to uh, help to uh, continue to make that harder and more difficult for individuals coming into our programs. Those are the needs that you see that are unseen. 
you know, we have a family of six in now, a mother, single mother with six children. I can't handle two grandchildren. <laughs> and you talk, you talk about a woman with six children, and that is a different need all in itself. So we're, we're learning and growing in that, but those are some of the other needs that you don't see. And it's relationships. It's hanging out with them. It's understanding, hearing from them, and not giving them a cookie-cutter uh, uh, way to do ministry that we think is going to help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in America, in particular, we look at poverty more as a lack of material things. That's how we define it. Mm -hmm. That's not really a good definition of poverty. We, we all share, we, we hosted together, the first time that we came together, hosted a poverty conference last uh, fall, a year ago fall, um, and, and we really talked, uh, we used Brian Fickert, Dr. Brian Fickert, who is uh, the author of When Helping Hurts and Becoming Whole. You may have heard of that first book. And it really is true. If you don't define poverty correctly, then you're not going to address it well. And it's not a, a lack of material things. If it was, then you can just give food, clothing, give a house, whatever that those material things are. It's really about relationship and rebuilding renewing and as we believe that comes through that good news of Christ he, he's the one that can rebuild that in a way that is lasting and really truly eternal so right it goes back to what Paul said right so transforming not just the heart but the mind Absolutely. right because they're they're just in a different place yeah. mentally poverty right is effect not in a bit it's just their brains think different because it isn't poverty um, last week I, I remember i um, there's a two weeks ago I preached and there's a book same kind of different as me, but it talked about the couple who they that's what they thought we just we just give you goods and you'll be happy but it wasn't that he's like no I'm I'm actually good yeah. and they learned more through that process themselves than probably they thought they would you know Absolutely. so yeah so cool so tell us a little bit like right now what some of the greatest needs for your ministry man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where do I'm you start? Huh? Whatever he <laughs> says. I don't know if you know, but Craig and I are going to sit down now. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't Should we start the other way? I don't know. This goes downhill from here. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know, but there's this thing going on at the minute called a pandemic. It, yeah. 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 Is, yeah, that, yeah. is yeah. that what this is? Yeah, apparently. And uh, it's totally messed us up. No, no. Um, I'll be honest That's with you. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, if you'd have asked me that a year ago, it would have been totally different. Mm -hmm. And back in February, March, when all this started to uh, take place, um, we saw need in a different, uh, dip through a different set of eyes. Um, the, the folks that we are working with are already struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you throw the pandemic onto this, um, the needs just go way bigger. Uh, let's just take food, for instance. You guys were a host site mm -hmm. because we, uh, back in March through till the end of May, um, we were collecting food. The reason why we did that, and one of the reasons why uh, we feel a little bit more unique Dream Center is, is because we do adapt very quickly to need that we see in a community. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't just getting calls from people we already serve. We were getting calls from our volunteers and donors. 
and I'd be on the phone and they would, I'd be on the phone a lot longer than I normally would be. And I could tell that some of these volunteers that were calling me were not getting off the phone because they were waiting for me to say, do you need help with anything? They, they didn't know how to ask for help because they had never been in that predicament before. We had a family where the husband, wife, and the son all worked for a restaurant in town. All three were laid off immediately, and there was no end in sight for them. And after a 10-minute conversation, I realized he's not getting off the phone because he's, asking me, he's wanting me to ask him if he needs help. And he did. They had nothing in their cupboards. So for us, the need is not just what we've been doing, and we've been doing things a lot differently. When, when it first hit, instead of after-school program and kids coming to us, we went to the homes. We had to take hotspots, and we had to take uh, laptops into the homes because the kids that we serve, technology is not there. So, um, so we were doing that, and we're still doing that. Um, we were taking the food from the schools to the homes, right? Um, our homeless shelter, that's a whole, you can ask John about homeless shelters. He's had a bit of an issue the last few weeks. I mean, trying to do group uh, living and trying to keep the coronavirus out of there yeah. and protect your staff and protect everything, uh, anyone that walks in, guests, our homeless guests that may come from Chicago, St. Louis, Okay, how do we do that? Because in Chicago, it was a lot different, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. COVID was like killing hundreds of people. And so people come into our homeless shelter. How do we do that? Where are the isolation rooms going to be? Everything that, that we normally did, we had to completely scrap and, and literally start over. Yeah. And yeah. So, so for us, the need is really trying to stay current to what's happening but making sure that we're still presenting the gospel in a way that people understand, even in a time where they could be panicking. I think the gospel is the key, is sharing the gospel with those that he sends to us, and that is more action than words. That is important that they see the Christ that they're going to hear about in the Bible. So when they come in and you greet them in the midst of a pandemic, what do they see from us? What do they, what do they gather from their interaction with us? I think it's more important than anything that they'll hear. I remember traveling or uh, talking with someone that traveled in the Middle East, and they couldn't bring their Bibles out when they did missionary work for two weeks because they were looking to see if they were going to live out what they knew about the Bible. Were they going to treat and deal with them the way that the scripture says? And I think that's a big need for us. And the biggest need, I think, in the midst of this pandemic is the people that have stepped up, the people that have stepped up, the people that are generously giving, that they'll continue to do that that it won't be a one-off, that it won't be something that this pandemic has created an opportunity for me to have a soft heart for those that we serve in our city. Mm -hmm. And then after that's over, let's get back to normal. You know, and that's, that's the big 
uh, prayer for us now is that people stay consistent, that we find ways to engage them after the pandemic, because right now, you, of course, we know it's very difficult to have people in place to do come into your buildings, to, to you know, work maybe more one-on-one with families, but even that's a challenge now. So we want, and we're praying that the need that's here now, that people don't drop off afterwards and not uh, remember about the people that we're serving now in the midst of a pandemic. The pandemic has just uh, highlighted where we are as a country (laughs) and as a city. It just brought a little more highlight and and more focus on some of the things that we kind of passed over before. The poverty has always been here. These needs have always been here. Uh, Families are needing housing. They're needing uh, medical care. They're needing all of the things that we're providing now. But it's just kind of highlighted in a a more focused way right now. And I want people to stay on track. I want us to stay on track as an organization challenging our staff. Look at you first. Don't worry about them we, we, God is going to provide for them. But what about our souls? What about how we're ministering to them? And that's important for Southside Mission. And that is a great need, I think, for the city as well as our individuals in our uh, organization. These guys have talked to the pandemic very well, and so I won't spend much time. Other than this, think about when the pandemic hit and even how it's still, how you're supposed to deal with it. Stay at home. Home was where you had to uh, isolate yourself, and then if you got the disease or or got COVID, you had to quarantine there. Well, for us, we are the home. For those we serve, we had to we had to project for them that this was home. We weren't going anywhere. We're going to care for you and take care of you. So that that's been our biggest issue is just making sure they felt that we're home. Um, For the time that they're with us, that we get that privilege to walk with them. That's home. And then I would say, my guess is these guys would always say this too, but if you ask me anytime what our greatest need is, it's prayer. We need fervent prayers. Um, I always think about the story that Jesus told when, or, or the Bible tells about when Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the Father and Son are there and the Son has a problem that the disciples can't handle. And remember, they'd been out just a few weeks before casting out demons and handling all sorts of diseases and all sorts of things. And he comes down and they go, this one, I don't know, we can't figure it out, can't do it. And, and the father is exasperated and finally Jesus steps in and, and, and heals the boy. But later he tells the disciples, the reason why he couldn't do that is because this takes intense prayer. And when we think yeah. about the people that we serve, our neighbors in need who have been walking in addiction or abuse for maybe decades, that's going to take intense prayer. We, yeah. we don't do a thing. <laughs> it is only by God's agency, his Holy Spirit, that steps in and changes lives. And so I'm telling you, our, our biggest need, all of us, is prayer. Money will come. The help will come. We need prayer. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And something that's easy for us to do as a church is to pray daily for them and just lift them up and to fight that spiritual battle that we fight, that Paul reminds us of, right? We're not a, just pray that hearts would be open. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, definitely. 
What about a victory? I know it's been a hard year, but what's a victory this year? A victory that you see. We survived? I, I was getting ready to say, <laughs> I'm on the stage and I'm not all the way crazy. Just a little bit. This is not really normal, okay? <laughs> Those that know me, they know, yes, it is normal. <laughs> I see you out there. I know you, especially in the middle here. <laughs> um, I think a, a huge thing for us is um, seeing how the community has rallied around not just Dream Center but the organizations. Mm -hmm. When you hear of um, people being laid off work from all walks of life, we're not just talking about um, you know the guys at the grocery store doing the shelving, but we're talking all the way up to management. And I'm being absolutely real here for running an, a nonprofit. I don't know what their budgets are, but ours is a $1.4 million operation. And when you see things like that happening, you're like, okay, God, you have really got to help because folks that normally would give cannot give. At least that's what we thought. Mm -hmm. But yet what we found was God came in crazy ways. Uh, obviously, with what the government did, and we could go uh, and, and get help there, and, and we did. And I think you both did as well. Um, but on, on top of that, crazy things happened that we, this was, you'll see this tomorrow on the news. Um, three weeks ago, we get a call from Ameren USA, not Ameren, Illinois, but the, the, the big somehow saying that our name had been given to them during the, the pandemic and they wanted to give us $65,000. Mm. We, we didn't even have to apply for it. Like, that was just a pure God thing where, okay, Dream Center, they're in a, they need something. We're going to take an organization never given to us. Uh, Illinois has, Amron, Illinois has, but not the, the major one. And so these guys will tell you exactly the same type of stories. You stand back and you just say, that could only have been God. Even though it could have been and it has been a very tough time. Mm -hmm. Seeing our volunteers adapt a little bit. You know, I keep seeing Mike uh, here who goes to Great Oaks who helps us with our job skills program. He was coming in and instead of having a big group of students, he would come in with one or two students during the summer and they adapted, and they're fixing lawnmowers. Uh, and so kids are learning how to fix lawnmowers. It's all about relationship. You, you heard us talk about that. And what Mike does and many other volunteers do, it's all about being one-on-one -on -one and getting into people's lives, whether it's students or whether it's adults. And I think the biggest victory for us was we were still able to do that. Mm -hmm. We were still able to commit meet community, where they're at, just differently. But yet we're able to see that happen and also God provide in, in different ways. Yeah, I, I tell you, just the, the mere fact that we didn't have to lay off one person, yeah. that's a victory. A victory for them because when you look at our organizations and we could stand here and talk about them, and when you have staff that would have had to have been laid off, that wouldn't have been a victory. Right. That would have been a hardship for them. And we didn't. And I've had cars, and they were saying, thank you, Pastor Craig, for 
not laying us off. And I'm like, thank God for not uh, allowing this to hit us in such a way that you would have to be laid off. And that was victory to me. That was victory to the families that, you know, um, the staff that we have, that they could continue. Even when our stores didn't open for three months, mm -hmm. our major part of our uh, revenue was lost. The victory is that God allowed us to open back up and that we're still functioning yeah. mm -hmm. and that the staff are healthy. We've only had a few cases of COVID throughout this whole thing. That's victory to me. When you look at the, the people that walk in the doors that have the opportunity to still come into Southside Mission, that's victory. And I think a greater victory would be, especially when you talk about us three here always coming together now in ministry, that we share the proceeds of that $65,000 we see from I need to pray about that one. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to work that in. Way to go. <laughs> but on a serious note, <laughs> that God has been good to us. We're healthy. I have a 102-year-old grandmother that I'll talk to on the way home going back, and God has kept our family together. My wife has had some health challenges. But God has kept us healthy. He has kept us COVID free. He has kept our families, our loved ones, our church family. You guys have not missed a beat. That's victory when you're looking at these notes and, and, and things under, and you're saying, oh, these, they're still giving. They're still faithful in the midst of your struggles. Mm -hmm. That's victory to me. And I think the victory is won through Christ. Amen? Amen. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, I agree with you about that. No. no that <laughs> and you'll pay on the uh, way out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got to get you back one day. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> now, I'll echo just what these guys have said. Um, I think the victory has been almost not a survival, but a dependence. We have come to learn again, right? Yeah. One more time how great our God is and how if we trust him, he will come through. I mean, when you looked at the numbers, we all sat. I mean, we talked yeah. early on in the thing and we were like, what's going to happen? And we had no idea, both from a sickness standpoint and from a financial standpoint. And yet we all three can stand here and say, our God is faithful. Yeah. Yes. And you need to know that. In your life, in our lives, we need to see those situations where we can't control the thing, <laughs> and he comes through. That's what they, you know, we had the song earlier about being delivered out of Egypt. Yes. They had no absolute way to deliver themselves out of Egypt, mm -hmm. and God did it. And I think that's what he's done for all of us yes. this year. Amen. That's awesome. Awesome. How, how has the local church, Great Oaks and other churches, how have have we played a part in, in helping and, and uh, how can we and how can we continue to play that part? For, for us, Dream Center was always um, created not just for what we could do uh, in the community, but it really was created on how we could also resource the church to then be able to do outreach, whether that's in Peoria or in German townhouse. Yeah. And so for us, we have seen the church, Great Oaks and many other churches that have just stepped up during this time. 
But before that, we've seen Great Oaks and other churches step up. We can't do, the three of us cannot do what we do without the local church. And I'm not on about money. I'm on about, as John mentioned, prayer, coming down to the centers, coming and volunteering, getting to know. You know, I, I truly believe you can only really um, impact poverty if you get close to it. If you get close to it, your mind shifts a little bit differently. I'm going to only say, doesn't it move, Andy, from, oh, those are homeless guys to, oh, that's Bob. Yeah. And that's the difference that Absolutely. you're talking about. Absolutely. Once you put a name to the face, mm-hmm. um, it's different. You know, this, this year we've had a few of our, what we would call frequent flyers. These are... Uh, some of the ladies that are 70, 80 years of age that have been with us for many years. And a lot of it is to do with mental health, and that's why they're with us. But two, two or three of them this year, not COVID-related, uh, passed away. And our staff attended the funeral. One of the funerals we actually had to create because they couldn't find any family members in the area. But we become family And what we find is the local church and people within the local church become family to so many people that we serve. So that's that's the the big thing, is having the local church really partner with us so that you can, yes, help us, but we can help you as well in how to really attack this thing called poverty. Going into the future... There is so many opportunities, not just with our three organizations, but other, op- other organizations as well. New ministries come, new things happen. There may not be something that sparks your interest now, but all of a sudden something comes out. Staying connected to us through Facebook, social media, websites, seeing what we're doing, and obviously through the local church, hearing what we're doing. I guarantee that if you stay close to the organizations, there will be something that will appear and go, I can get involved with that. I can spend an hour with a kid uh, on a computer or I can go and feed the homeless, whatever it may be. But come and be a part of what we do within your strength. Some of the things that we do at different nonprofits, we try not to do it. And I know these guys don't do it, but a lot of nonprofits will just grab a body from a church and say, well, come and help here but there's no real interest, but it's hard for the church person to say no to a nonprofit, right? We want to put you where your strengths are at. So I've mentioned Mike. He loved motor mechanics. It would have been stupid for us to put him in the homeless shelter. No, he loves motor mechanics. So he's now teaching kids motor mechanics, and these kids are coming alive. That's what we want to do when we have people come from the local churches, put put their strengths to use. One of the things, and I'll I'll be short, is the fact that what I always ask the same question that you ask to churches, to individuals that I talk to on a daily basis. What do you feel like your church can do to help to bring to the ministry of Southside Mission? Because it's 
to me, it's far and, and, and few in terms of how we want to do what we want to do. We understand what we want to do. We have a vision, vision. We have a mission. What do you as a church body here at Great Oaks feel like that you can't do in this area, but where the need is, is in 61605, what do you feel like you could do? And I can tell you already, there's people here at this church that serve on the board of Southside Mission. That's bringing a voice to 61605. There's individuals, as Andy spoke about, that help in specific ministries. But what do you feel like as the body of Christ here at Great Oaks, that you represent the body of Christ, what, what can you bring to Southside Mission and in all of our ministries to really help us? Because I can give you a long list of things that I think I would want you to do, quite frankly. But I want the connection to come from God in you and this body to what you believe you can lend to help Southside Mission. I don't know if we have time, but I'll flip the script a little bit. And although these guys, I think, will echo this completely, we, we talk a lot about the fact that we're actually, we, we're talking right now, how can you serve us? Mm -hmm. I'll flip that switch. We're here to serve you. And that you've heard that really in what these guys have said. But the reason that is, because if you go through your Bible today, my guess is you're not going to find any of the three of us listed on any page. God. I beg to differ. <laughs> well, Craig's listed, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, not my name, but yeah. my story. <laughs> but the church is the only ordained entity that God has uh, brought about to build his kingdom. And so I, I, I hate to, I, I don't want to shock anybody, but the mission to care for the poor is not ours. It's the church's. Mm -hmm. And we're here to serve you. We, we want to be an arm of the church. It's a little bit like the story in Acts 6 where the early church was started and they were focused on prayer and fellowship and preaching the word and they decided to do some good things by helping feed some of the poor folks. And as you remember that story, some weren't getting fed properly. It just wasn't being uh, administered well so that everybody was getting treated fairly. And so they basically appointed a committee. <laughs> That's how we get our deacons, but it's also how... We really come to be because the church has its particular mission to preach the word and to bring fellowship to believers. And what we can do is be an extension of how the church does the good things that it needs to do, which is caring for the poor and those kind of things. So we kind of flip that switch. Mm -hmm. And it's the last thing I'll tell you, because one of the things has to do with the three of us. As we said, we're trying to partner more and more together. And what didn't get launched in 2020 because of COVID, but we hope to launch in 2021, is um, a program called Faith and Finances. It comes out of Dr. Fickert and the Chalmers Center. And um, it's a place where we, can, we, we have to, in our ministry, help those we serve engage in how to take care of finances and, and do those kind of things, learn those kind of skills. But the best place to learn that is in the church. And so this curriculum actually is based in the church. And our, our vision is to outsource what we have to do today into the church so that it's not just learning about finances, that's important, but it's really making connections again and building those relationships. And so, again, it's about moving away from transactional elements of just trying to fix something and building it to relationships, which 
transforms lives. Yeah, amen. Yeah, the community aspect. And that's one thing that COVID's impacted the most is that community. Is. And so, and it's good that we're able to get back to some normalcy, but there's still a long way. So, all right, one last question before we pray for you guys is just any big things that are coming up that we could be a part of that we could support. I know, Andy, you've got the Dream 2020. Yeah, just uh, check with Andy. Yeah, just check with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Tuesday night, we mentioned it earlier, Tuesday night, um, we have got Dream 2020. Again, for all of us, you know, the end of year events are a big deal, mm-hmm. right? And um, we had Louisville Slugger Dome booked. We had uh, Matthew Barnett coming from the LA Dream Center who started the Dream Centers come in. And that all had to be scrapped. And so we're going to do it virtually, host sites. We've got over 1,200 people booked in already. You can still book in uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, there'll be one right here at Great Oaks. Uh, you can go to the Dream Center, dreamcenterpure.org. Uh, if, you're not, if you're watching but not close to Great Oaks, you can find a host or you can do it right in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the big event that we've got coming, and we're going to be launching a new uh, ministry arm of the Dream Center Tuesday night as well. So it's a big, big deal for us. Uh, of course, Southside Mission, our Thanksgiving, uh, we're still hosting Thanksgiving this year uh, in our community, and we're going to do a few less meals that we said, but we don't believe that'll happen. Um, but of course, we're still doing that. That Thanksgiving and Christmas is is it'll be 50 years. This is our 49th year ministering in the Peoria area. And uh, of course, Great Oaks has always been a part of that. We're going to do it uh, a little less contact (laughs) uh, connected this time. Um, And that's going to be still going on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you could sign up uh, through um, our website. If you want to come still be a part of that, we're going to you know, keep it uh, less con- or contact less mm-hmm. in how we deliver the meals. But that's, again, our biggest things going out uh, this year is Thanksgiving. And Are you just throwing the meals at them this year? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, that's how I will do that. But they, that's why I have competent people on board so they can do it the right way. <laughs> It's fun hanging out with these guys, I can tell you that. Catapult. Yeah, that's right. Well, for us, um, we do, like Andy, um, we have a, and Craig, but usually usually in the spring, different times, our uh, uh, fall fundraiser we call Hope Rising uh, is scheduled, was scheduled the end of October. We had to change that. But, you know, we see it as an opportunity. God loves to work in the unexpected, doesn't he? Um, And so um, we think, you know, instead of having a banquet-type event where you can have 800 to 1,000 people at the max, now we can reach really thousands upon thousands digitally. And so November 8th is our uh, virtual event, Hope Rising. We're actually following up. We had Dr. Fickert last year um, as part of our banquet, and he's going to come, and we're going to do some conversation about what real poverty alleviation looks like, and we're going to have a virtual tour of the ministry as part of that. We're going to invite you guys as well to, yeah. to, to share and host and, and hopefully be a premier host and spread that word. And if you want to hear more about it, I'll be out there afterwards to talk about it. So, yeah, that's our event coming up. We'd love to have people join in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here. Um, I know Second Service gets to hear from you as well. Um, can you guys, before we pray, can we give them a round of applause for what they do? I mean, yeah.
<laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I appreciate you guys being the extension of the church and giving us opportunities, but also understanding the load that you guys have to carry um, because you are working in a different climate, in a world that we don't understand. And so, and I'm sure every day there's a surprise. I'm sure every day there's something new that you're like, wow, I didn't think anything could top that, and it just did. Um, but because humanity's fallen, like you said, it's fallen, and, and, and there's hurt and so many things in this world that are so wrong, but in the midst of it, we get to see God shine. Yeah. And so that's, that's a beautiful thing about it. And so you guys are on the front lines a lot of ways, um, and, and so it's encouraging to hear the, how God's working through you and that we get to be a part of that and to partner with you. So thank you. Let's just go ahead, and if you guys can, I, I come from a church, Andy and I grew up together in church a little bit, but we grew up to, like, to extend your arm out and to, to reach towards these guys. If you can, just extend your arm out, and we're going to pray for them, all right? And we're just going to believe together that they would just, God just blesses them and that God just uh, encourages their hearts and just supports them. So let's reach your hand out, and let's pray for them together. Dear God, we just thank you so much. God, we just thank you for Andy and Pastor Craig and John. Lord, I just thank you for their hearts to serve. God, for their, their families, for their health. God, keep them strong. And Lord, as they serve you, God, in the midst of the darkness, God, I just pray that you shine brighter than ever in those moments. And as they face all different types of things, God, I pray that you just strengthen their hearts and their minds. God, you are an amazing God. And I just pray that as they serve you and as they lead their teams, God, and as people come into those doors, that we begin to see as a church body, God, even more so the need for community and relationships. That, God, we are just a small part in your grand story of redemption. And that God, through them and through their ministries, God, that people who have been forgotten, people who have been left alone on the side of the road, God, families who have been broken, God, that through them you can bring hope. God, through them you bring life. God, through them you bring peace and joy. And God, people get to find a new beginning in you because of what they're doing through Dream Center through Southside, gone through Peoria Rescue Ministries. And I, God, I just pray that you give them a double portion of your spirit as they serve you and their teams and as they lead people, God, to follow you. And as they give us opportunity, God, to serve them, to reach out to them, God, to help open our eyes as well to the needs of those around us. God, we thank you for them. We give you all the praise, God, and all the glory. And we all said together, amen.